Man, I love that song. I really didn't realize how much I love that. But yeah, definitely um, greetings, salutations, you kinky fucks. Welcome back for episode 38. That's episode. I'm tired. Episode 38 of Kinks with Kiki. Um, S&M, aka Song and Mood of the Week is ADHD by Kendrick Lamar. That song was from 2011. His EP, I'd rather say it was an album because it wasn't really an EP, but his album Section 80. ADHD is probably one of my favorite songs. Um, Definitely a mood. I was actually listening to it before I started recording and I'm like, you know what? A vibe. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that's definitely going to be the S&M for the week. So yeah, ADHD off of section 80 and that is Kendrick Lamar. Now jumping into weekly with Kiki. <laughs> um, this week was interesting. Hmm. So I went to therapy. <laughs> Guess I'll start there and then I'll go up from there. Like, oh, I love Danny and TJ. You know, I tell them my favorite couple when Danny says going up. So I'm going up from here. But I went to therapy and it was, you know, how therapy goes. You pick up where you left off. Like I said, I'm in my first couple of appointments. So we did like an assessment, talked about my life and like, so, hey, girl, what's been going on in the last five years in your life? So I explained, you know, everything from the last five years coming forward to 2019, which 2015, I was living in Charlotte, involved with my dom, necessarily haven't gotten to the dom part yet. We haven't gotten that deep into therapy, but we will. But I told her I was involved with someone. Um, we were together and then we weren't <laughs> and then I moved to New York and then we rekindled and then we fell off again and then I was just single living my best and then I met someone and then that was short-lived and we ended however I ended up in Ohio and now here we are <laughs> so I'm breaking all of that down to her and she's like "Ooh, chow okay well she didn't say "Ooh, chow y'all know that's me but she was like, okay, we have a lot to unpack. And I was like, yes, sis, we do. <laughs> so she asked me, you know, what are my goals? And I genuinely told her, like, I want to see what's wrong with me and why I tend to attract narcissistic people or just like emotionally unavailable people or narcissistic people. What is it in me? that attracts these people or what is it that I'm not aware of that I blindly am drawn to these type of people so that's one of my main goals in therapy is to because you know as much as people like to say I like to play the victim I really don't so this isn't me pointing fingers at the last like my last two or three relationships and saying well they were all horrible no what am I not doing correctly to attract these type of men again I I'm the common factor here like all of them were involved with me so what am I not doing right or what am I giving off to attract that type of individual because I want a healthy relationship 
I want to be mentally healthy and I want my partner to be mentally healthy. And my goal for me is to get to that point so then I can attract healthier individuals and then I won't have these issues. So therapy was great. (laughs) She is still like, oh girl, it is so much. I'm like, it really is this. Like, we're going to really hash it out. Um, My copay is $30. This helpful might see me twice a week sometimes. Like, but for now I'm going weekly telling her about my week. We're talking about Ohio because I explained to her I wanted to move. She's actually a little against that. We went into it a little bit before my session ended yesterday, which I'm dating this, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, so we talked about it. We're going to pick up where we left off next week about you know, leaving Ohio and why I want to leave Ohio because she brought some interesting things to my attention. And I'm like, hmm, thinking, (laughs) emotions. She makes me feel. I don't want to feel. I do so much better when I don't feel because when you don't feel, you have a clear head and you make wise and common sense decisions. So therapy is great. We're going to get through it. Um, I, this is completely random, but it's a part of my week. So I have been obsessing over this drink that I had that I'm currently drinking right now. Give me a second. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm, mm, yes, that. Um, so last night I texted Alexis or maybe I t- tweeted her. I don't know. Oh, to the people. I'm back on Twitter. <laughs> um, my page isn't private anymore because like I said I removed a lot of people off my page so they're blocked so my page is open people tweet me I'm lit um, I tweeted Alexis last night and I was like what was that drink that I had at Smorgasburg so to the non-New York livers and dwellers out there there's a food event like a food flea market basically that happens every weekend of the summer from May until no from April until October called Smorgasburg. It started in Williamsburg. Y'all know that's the hipster neighborhood of Brooklyn, one of the hipster neighborhoods of Brooklyn, but it's the hipsterest <laughs> of the neighborhoods. Um they have all these different restaurants like food trucks and vendors come out and you can just eat food and just have such a good time. It's hot as fuck. There's no shade, barely anywhere to sit, but nonetheless, really, really good food. Me and Alexis had bomb ass churros. Mine had Nutella. I can't remember what she had, but anyway, besides the point. So it's bomb ass flea market where you can go get food Sundays in Prospect Park, Saturdays in Williamsburg. Um, I had this drink, really, really good drink. It was probably one of the best things I've ever drunk, and it was hot that day and it was like so refreshing and so freaking good and for the life of me I could not think of the name of it so I tweeted Alexis and I'm like what the hell was that drink that I had and as I was tweeting her it hit me it was called Melonade it is made it's lemonade that is made primarily with cantaloupe y'all when I tell you That is probably the best drink I have ever had 
in my entire life. And I am not exaggerating. Um, it was like, I was beating my brains out trying to figure out where the hell this melanate was because I'm like, it has to be somewhere. So there, it was a, a vendor out there for the restaurant called Tremezzini. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. But it's a restaurant based in New York, like all great restaurants are, either there or Vegas. <laughs> but they had this drink and it was just, I was so intrigued because I'm like, what is melonade? I'm thinking watermelon. No, it was cantaloupe. And I love cantaloupe, honeydew. I love melon. So best drink ever. So I duplicated it like to a T. I pureed some cantaloupe, strained the juice, got some lemon juice made me a simple syrup no cold water hot water bam melonade and that is what you will hear me drinking for the rest of this episode because it's bomb okay huh excuse me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's good stuff (laughs) um uh this is wild and if we get back on track i'm pretty sure he'll hear this episode but I am in the process of trying to rekindle with a really good friend of mine. Um, little backstory. We, you know how you have Twitter friends, like you have internet friends? He was an internet friend. So I can't remember where we met. Maybe it was Tumblr. It's Tumblr probably. Because I was pre-podcast, I was pretty heavy into Tumblr then too. I just got back on Tumblr recently, guys. So when you hear this, no, my page is up. Um, and we just hit it off right away to the point where like we exchanged numbers. It wasn't anything like that. It's just, we, we clicked, you know, you have those people that you encounter in life and you just mesh and the conversation was effortless. Like we would talk about everything under the sun for hours his work schedule of course he was in Arizona so he's on a completely different time zone than we are so when I was getting off work he was going to work because he worked the late shift and we would talk for hours like three to five hours almost every day for months like he was I considered him a friend like I got to know a lot about him he got to know a lot about me and we I could have debates with him and intellectual conversations. And that was a huge thing for me because he was, we were here. Like we would argue, you would think that we dated as much as we argue, but our arguments were debates about what we were conversing about. Super good friend. I used to call him my weekday friend because I never heard from him on the weekends. And again, I... I didn't see us like that. So I'm like, he had to have a girlfriend. That's the only reason he disappeared on the weekends. Because it does not make sense for this man to not be available on the weekends. But it wasn't something I pressed. Like, I just know, okay, I'm just not going to talk to him on the weekends. Cool. And then we start back talking during the week. Like I said, he was my friend. I didn't care what he did on the weekends. Um, And I can't remember what happened one day, like... I was I involved with the attorney I was definitely involved with the attorney because it was summer 2017 and summer 2017 motherfucker 2017 whoo 
that was a great summer. I was really in New York living my best. I had so much fun that summer. Just I wasn't podcasting yet, but I was just living and hanging with my roomies, hanging with my friends, just hanging with the attorney. My dom was trying to come back in the picture. Life was grand and it was a very full summer. Like I, it wasn't a dull moment. So like he knew about the attorney and he knew about my ex dom. Like we taught, we were genuinely friends. We had built a friendship. It wasn't anything like that. But what ended up happening is one day, I don't know what we were talking about, but out of the blue, he tells me, Oh, I have a girlfriend. And it kind of stopped me in my tracks. Like I wasn't bothered by it or anything because I already knew. But I, you can't assume. You people, we fuck up a lot of shit basing everything on assumptions. You can't assume. So I had to wait, of course, until this was something he brought to my attention. Because again, I'm not going to press the issue and ask. It's none of my damn business. But if you tell me or bring it to my attention, different story. So he tells me and I'm like, bro, it's wild. Like you're talking to me for hours a day. And I'm just, I don't, like disrespecting anyone's relationship I don't care if it's disrespecting a man or the woman I don't like disrespecting them as a unit and I was like bro I don't want to look like I'm stepping on toes like I feel like you low-key out of line for talking to me as much when you have a girlfriend you're in a committed relationship not saying that you're not allowed to talk to friends but the to the extent that we were talking no completely out of line like I would have a huge issue if my boyfriend, significant other, whatever, was talking to a woman five days a week, three to five hours a day, like, and I don't even talk on the phone like that. I like to, um, especially with people who can actually hold a conversation via phone, because, you know, these days we are all socially inept. <laughs> Not me, because I don't mind talking on the phone, but a lot of us are socially inept and don't like to talk on the phone because you have dms and text messages and voice memos i'm traditional sorry for being old school fucking call me and he felt the same way which is why instead of wasting you know three hours texting long drawn out paragraphs we could actually talk about life and we talked about everything like he was the one who was really trying to push me to like give up dairy and give up meat and look into black seed oil because he knew I had lupus and some of it stuck of course you know I'm a vegetarian um I gave up dairy for a little bit I didn't see a difference in my inflammation joint wise with dairy or without because I I typically keep light dairy anyway like I usually do either like a non-milk or a lactose-free milk and because I went so long without eating cheese, I hardly ever eat it now. Um, I ate it recently, which was amazing. It was fucking Gouda and Brie. But um, so he he was like very influential in my life in such a short period of time. Like I'm like, I need this type of person in my life. Like not, I see Mahaya texted, I mean texted, tweeted you know, not all your soulmates are people that you end up with or you're meant to be with or you're even with at all. Some of them are people that come into your life and serve a greater purpose. That is how I felt about him. So when he told me that, I was like, bro, this is inappropriate. And I was like, I'm not trying to be rude. But at this point, 
what we're doing is wild. You're wild knowing that you have a girlfriend and you talk to me consistently. Like I just, I wasn't comfortable. So I was like, you're not going to hear from me anymore. And that was like September of 2017. Here we are in May of 2019. And something just like, I really just wanted to reach out to him. I have been wanting to reach out to him for months, like last summer. But just the situation and how he handled it, like... And I think he knew. Like, if he would have told me he had a girlfriend, like, our conversation would have been cut dramatically because again I don't want to seem like I am stepping on toes or disrespecting his relationship because I would never do that again I really considered him a friend so fingers crossed that we get back on track (laughs) because I'm pretty sure he was like nigga what the fuck but anyway Um, like I said, great friends, you need those type of people in your life. He was like a voice of reason. He would listen to me bitch about driving from Long Island to Queens. Y'all know to the people who live in Queens, especially that Queens that's by Brooklyn. I'm talking Ridgewood, Glendale, Mespeth, Middle Village. Y'all with me? Y'all know those neighborhoods. Parking is trash. And I was driving from Long Island in the afternoon. So parking was already taken by the time I got home. And he would listen to me bitch about parking. And we would argue about me parking. Like, I would walk into my apartment arguing. And Lori would be like, who are you talking to? And I would tell her, we're going to call him Arizona on this show. If I talk about him anymore in the future. Because he lives in Arizona. He's a West Coaster. (laughs) Like I said, I had said that to someone else on Twitter. I'm like, I really dig the vibes of West Coast men a lot better than I do East Coast men. This is no shade. A lot better than I do Southern men and a lot better than I do Midwestern men. It's just maybe it's because it's always sunny (laughs) and always pretty on that side of the country and they just don't have a care in the world. I don't know, but we're going to call him Arizona. So... Let's see what happens between me and Arizona. I'm pretty sure my pettiness over the whole ordeal is going to get on his nerves. But whatever. Fingers crossed. I really, I want my friend back. Like, I don't like losing great friends. Like, if it's a person where you lose them and you feel it and it stays with you, you, you're not supposed to lose that person. So, we'll see. Um, What else has gone on in my weirdo of a week? I am planning a trip to Chicago. (laughs) Never been to Chicago before. Excited. A little apprehensive. But, you know, I'm trying to just have fun this summer. It's summer. I'm single. Turn up. It's lit. (laughs) I want to travel. I just want to enjoy the warm weather while we have it. Because we all know, aside from the South and the West Coast, winter is awful in the Midwest and the Northeast. So plan a trip to Chicago with my roomie, Lori. I'm super excited. We're going to make it a road trip. Well, it's part, partially road trip, but, but I'm super excited. I get to see Ari. I get to see my homegirl, Darnita. We're going to eat until I can't eat anymore. I probably won't be able to drink much, but I'm going to try anyway. I'm super duper hyped to go to Chicago. 
planning to come back to New York, thinking about possibly my birthday, which is October. So yeah, um, as of now, that is literally all that's going on in my life. I would talk about what happened at work, but I'd rather not. So now my boss is looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy, girl. It's been a rough couple of months. So this week so far was good. I feel a lot better. I um, kind of went on like a little fast to just get some things out of my body. I've been doing my stretches walking, taking really, really nice, long, hot showers to loosen up my joints. So I'm feeling a lot better than I did last week because I thought I was going to leave here last week. It was so bad, but I'm better. So yeah, that is pretty much all of my week. Nothing too eventful. It's the weather's trash in Ohio. Like it's May and it's still in the 40s. What the fuck? But here we are. So this week, because you all are so great and so gracious, in light of my one-year anniversary, my anniversary of being with Keeks with Kiki, I wanted to do a listener-based episode, which is why for a couple of weeks now, you might have seen me asking for emails like if you have advice you want to give well wishes um if you want me to give you advice you want to tell me your secrets you want to know my secrets I asked you all to send me emails so I think I picked and some of them are long so you have been warned okay (laughs) um I think I picked um five or six maybe seven I'm not sure Um, yeah, I think it might be like seven or eight. So this might be kind of a long episode, but not really just, you know, take a seat and enjoy the ride. So yeah, I'm going to read some emails that I've gotten from you all because you're great and I appreciate it so much. So I wanted to show you that I appreciate you because you're awesome. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to start with the first email. Warning. It is very long, but I will try to read it as clearly and as swiftly as humanly possible. So it says, Hey Kiki, I genuinely need some advice or emotional guidance dealing with BDSM aftercare for me. I am a 24-year-old femme in a relationship with another feminine woman who is heavily into BDSM, fisting, and just overall nasty, kinky, rough sex. Ooh, girl. (laughs) Lucky. (laughs) I have a very, and she put very in all caps, a very vanilla past. But now that I am with her, I am willing to do anything and everything to please her, making me the dom in our sexual relationship. Surprisingly, I'm doing well. The first night that we had sex, I fisted her without doing it before ever in my life and without any lubrication other than the one that her vagina created for us in the moment, which means she was turnt with a T, turnt on. And hey, it happens. Kudos, girl. I want deets about the fisting because I've never been fisted and I don't want to do any, but high five to you. Okay, all of our sex sessions last well over two hours with me just pleasing her. Ooh, girl, that's what happens when you have sex with women. Men could never. (laughs) And with each section, 
session, she requests more and more out of me. And without hesitation, I oblige. She topping from the bottom? Seems like she's low-key topping from the bottom, but okay. Um, uh, see, I'm thinking about topping from the bottom because I do that, but okay. I purchased my first strap on and she picked out the dildo. It's huge, by the way. I brought our first BDSM kit and now we've picked out different sets of lingerie for her to put on and tell me what type of sex she is in the mood for at that particular moment in time. She is definitely topping from the bottom. <laughs> With sex, I've upgraded our sex into slapping her, fucking her past her limit of orgasm. She says if she says to stop, don't stop until her body physically taps out. Woo, girl, same. Choking, anal, using huge dildos. Before, I've never used toys on any other women. Degrading her, talking nastier than my typical vanilla lingo. None of this I've ever done with anyone else but her, and I've never been interested in it until now. I'm only interested because I like her a lot, and I love seeing her body's reactions to pleasing her. That is a dominant thing. That's why men like it. That's exactly how men feel, sis. That power, knowing that you're causing all that pleasure, yeah. It's amazing, it's wild, sexy, and a mind-blowing roller coaster. But it's also emotionally draining and triggering for me. It's a weird feeling of detachment, shame, and shock that I feel after. I'm a sensual person, very emotional, very soft. So all of my sex with her is new to me, and I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Last night we fucked on a level that we never have before and it was completely, it completely thrown through, sorry, it completely threw my whole body off, especially my mind. I'm so detached from her life reality and reality because of it and I'm still a little shaky but I don't know what to do. I can't tell if I want to be touched, inhaled, or left alone. It lasted a normal two hours but I feel like it was, I wasn't able to switch back from being a dom to a regular soft dainty person it felt so abrupt and I wasn't able to come down smoothly as if I was stuck in a hole I was appalled after I was appalled after like I couldn't believe I had smacked her in the face and kept referring to my strap on as my dick I couldn't believe I had inflicted physical pain on her because in real life I would never hurt curse at slap bite spit on anyone or anything I want to cry, but I don't know why. I slept the entire day, and it's all due to me dominating her, but I also enjoy it as well. It feels like I'm going through depression or something caused by sex. I need help figuring this out, and I felt you'd be best to help me. I know it's long. I apologize for the length. Sorry, y'all, but this was a good one. I really wanted to read this one. I appreciate your help in any way. Thanks so much. Okay, sis. So what you're experiencing is Dom Drop. I had an episode about sub and dom drop early on. I can't remember what episode it is. When I do, I'll email it to you. But those are telltale signs of sub drop. I mean, I'm sorry, of dom drop. You feeling detached. When you said detached, I already knew what you were going through. And guilt is because you, your adrenaline and your endorphins are so high when you're dominating, when you're just in that, you're in a realm. Like you don't realize it because you're so into it, but your body is at a peak when you're dominating, when you're slapping, when you're having sex with her, when you're doing whatever you are to her just as much. That's how you know you're dominant because just as much pleasure as you get 
giving her pleasure it's the same in reverse like you're giving her pleasure but it's pleasurable to you that is why you're on and high like you're on an all-time high at this point so what happens is when you're done having sex endorphins adrenaline everything drops drastically and when it does you go into guilt you go into detachment you go into depression you asleep for an entire day i slept for an entire weekend because i didn't know what it was um when that happens you have to be prepared for it it doesn't seem like from what you're telling me from what i've read it doesn't seem like she experiences sub drop but if she's into this lifestyle heavily and she's adjusted to that that's probably why she has a tolerance this is new for you so just like you have to have a sub drop kit you have to have a dom drop kit my first 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 thing to you would be you need to eat like right after you're done if you want to shower first get cleaned up do that you need to eat and you need to drink i personally what worked for me try it out it may not work for you but it's a trial and error at this point you need to drink a juice of some type i liked apple and you need to eat chocolate i don't know what it is about those two but they kind of kick you back into life after everything comes rushing down at once um a really really long shower and you need to verbalize this to her you need to tell her the things that you think you will need after the fact because it will bring you back to life so if you I liked when my dom would bathe me because you do feel detached when you do so much with the person and your pleasure and your mind is just in a whole completely different space that interaction it actually does help but because you're saying you don't know what you want to do if you want to be touched if you want to be healed you have to gauge it and you have to be open about it like I would say do your first time when you get after a session, after you two have sex, take a bath, like an actual bath. Um, I'm not sure where you live, but if you have a tub, take a long bath, um, take it with her. If not, ask her to stay around you, like ask her to help bathe you. If your hair needs washing, ask her to wash your hair. It's just that coming down. And being like soothed almost really, really does help. So you need to eat, you need to bathe or take a really nice shower, like a long, relaxing shower. Um, and I would personally say get comfortable. So get into your most comfortable clothes, like your pajamas, your sweats, panties, whatever you're comfortable in when you're just around the house lounging. Grab you a blanket make sure she's okay you make sure you're okay and then you two have a conversation about what just happened you need to tell her how you feel so she'll know how to approach it the next time it happens tell her everything and if she can't handle it that's enough for you to walk away but if you're telling her how you feel emotionally and i know that feeling it's a really rough feeling because you feel you want to cry, you're depressed, you don't know why, you can't explain it, and you're just sad. You need that comfort. She's going to have to be there to comfort you. So if you have your BDSM kit, you need your sub slash dom drop kit. And that includes food, a very warm and comfortable environment, a really nice bath, 
and something to drink, preferably a juice or a Gatorade. I wouldn't go for water. I wouldn't go for liquor. I would go with something that gives you like electrolytes and kicks you back to normal. So I hope that helps. All right. So the next email, it's not that long, people, <laughs> is another. I'm keeping everyone anonymous because I just don't want to put people's business out there like that. So everyone's going to be anonymous. Even if you tell me to call your name, girl, guy, you're anonymous. Okay. So this one says, good afternoon. Your podcast is awesome. I so appreciate you using your talents and sharing via plat- via a platform on topics we all go through. Thanks. <laughs> Here are my questions. My guy has a foot fetish slash kink, and I don't know what to expect. I'm curious and excited, though. Any t- tips, tricks, suggestions on what I can do to fulfill, maintain his fetish? Feel or maintain his fetish? Question number two. Asking for a friend, and I can relate. An ex came back requesting to speak to her. To make a long story short, he said it's her fault he is now with someone else and expecting a baby. Because many times he expressed his feelings for her, and she blew him off in hopes that she would find someone better than him. Exes tend to come back into our lives and profess and confess their feelings while they are in whole relationships, expecting a baby, or engaged to be married. Girl a word okay (laughs) of course during girl talk now we sit to question ourselves and decisions and then look out to see exes who are about to be parents or to be married and we are left looking at each other here like we're single as fuck why is that what do women do with that information and why do guys do that with not a care about their significant other baby mama would be pissed if she knew that no shame or fear on his part of being exposed. What do they expect or what do they want or expect out of it? What do they gain from sharing that info just to disturb our peace? I feel like I need therapy. She made a seemingly suicidal comment to me. That was a trigger, but there are other things going on in her life that has her questioning everything. Excited and confused. Whew. All right. So... Let's see if we can unpack this. I'm not sure how old you are, but I assume you are in your 20s or 30s. I am in my 30s. And in my experience, I have had a few men attempt to come back into my lives. And they, some of them are literally getting married this year. Men do it because they want to see if they still can do it. I can't speak for men, but... To the men that I know, that I trust, I consider friends who give me valuable information about the male portion of the species, it's all about, it's an ego thing. Sometimes, it's never really even about you. They just want to see if they still got the juice. And if you respond, that basically confirms it. I am a, personally, I'm a very fatal person. When we end things, I kill you in my mind. You're dead to me. Like, I will never say that to a person, but it is what it is. I don't want to see pictures. I don't want to hear no messages, no videos, no nothing. I delete you out of my life like you never existed because that is how I cope. Out of sight, out of mind. That is how you get over people. But most, they feel like they do it just because they can. This man is about to be engaged to be married and a whole baby on the way. The only reason he's doing that 
it's, it's like a one last hurrah almost. Like, let me see if I can still get my exes to want me, even though I'm about to marry somebody else. Um, I don't want you to look at it as if it's like, okay, all our exes are moving on with their lives and starting families and getting married and getting engaged and we're fucking single. What the fuck? I don't want you to look at it that way because it's really in the world we live in now, especially with social media exposing everything about everyone and they just want to show you how great their lives are. It's really easy to live in comparison and that is the death of you. Okay. So don't think that there's something you're doing wrong because these people are getting married. Keep in mind, these men are also in your DMs and in your text messages and calling you and telling you this and professing their love to you all while having a whole baby mama slash wife slash girlfriend, significant other, engaged, whatever, fiance at home. That tells you a lot about that person. So you honestly, you dodged the bullet because had that been you he was getting engaged to or getting pregnant Who's to say he wouldn't be in his ex's DMs trying to see if he still got the juice with them while he's with you? So personally, I think you're doing a favor. But as far as this fuckboy telling your friend that it's her fault that he's involved with another woman, my nigga, nobody put a fucking gun to your head and told you, yeah, you need to go marry that hoe. How the fuck is it my fault? I didn't put the ring on her finger. Because what? Because we're not together anymore? You assume that it's my fault that you decided to find somebody else? In this world, it is what it is. If your friend wasn't feeling him, she wasn't feeling him. He got to take that shit on the chin. I'm not pausing shit. He got to take that shit on the chin and deal with it. It's just, it is what it is. Like, plain and simple. But what you're not going to do is try to make her feel bad for your actions. Because that's what it's a mind fuck. So now she's going to be sitting here thinking manipulation, thinking that she's done something wrong to cause his happiness. The fuck? You about to get married and got a baby on the way and you're telling me that it's my fault? Did I tell you to propose to that hoe? Did I tell you to approach her? Did I tell you to slide in her DMs? I don't know what the fuck he did, but she doesn't have anything to do with that. So if she's feeling any type of remorse or guilt because she is single now and thinking that could have been her, she's doing herself a favor because he's disrespecting the fuck out of the mother of his child right now. And that could have been her. So no, it's, it's a normal feeling to feel that way. I felt that way about people in the past. I'm just like, well, damn, you know, that could have been me. But no, it couldn't have because everybody comes in and out of your life for a reason. And when your one comes along, they will. So don't feel a certain type of way because you're single and you're watching your exes move on. Clearly, your exes are still checking for you. So that says a lot about them and their character. Okay. Hope that helps. All right. So <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I watched Boss Burgers. <laughs> a few days ago and I love Lindo. I just love Boss Burgers. All right. So the next email says, hi Kiki. I am a new dedicated listener to your podcast. I love it. Thanks. I love it. <laughs> I am newly married to the love of my life. Oh, backstory. We dated 10 years ago, broke up for seven, reconnected randomly and got married. Our sex has always been bomb. But in the last seven years of us not being together, I discovered I loved BDSM. 
I love being a sub. I love being dominated. When we first got back together, I mentioned it to him that I like to be choked and slapped and he obliged, but later it made him feel a little insecure. Like, where did I learn it from? I haven't brought it up since. Recently, he asked me if there's anything I crave sexually from him. He likes to know that I'm satisfied. Great guy. <laughs> and I want to introduce him to BDSM, but I'm afraid he will internalize again. Like I said, we have great vanilla sex, but I do miss the switch up sometimes. How can I tell him in a way that will benefit us without him feeling away? Congratulations on your marriage, first and foremost. Um, This is your partner in life. You have married this person. You have vowed to be committed to this person, thick and thin, rich, poor, sick, health, you know, all that good stuff that the Reverend likes to say. Um, if that is your partner in life, he has to be willing to compromise. Granted, he tried it and he felt a little uncomfortable. So my advice to you would be to ease him into BDSM. And I don't mean like ease him into it just sexually. I am so big on education about this lifestyle, which is why I have this podcast. And I tell y'all weekly how to's and cautions and precautions, and you know, things to keep in mind when you're participating in this lifestyle. I would say educate him on the lifestyle first. Like just don't jump out there, you know, head first and be like, okay, choke me, tie me up, blindfold me and torture me for the rest of the night. That might not be his MO. You know what you like sexually BDSM related. He doesn't know what he likes. So you, it's a learning experience. You're teaching him and he has to learn from you because you're the expert in the relationship. So my advice would be to educate him on the lifestyle. If he has a dominant personality and like I've said before, women know when men are dominant. They just, they don't have to say it. It just oozes off of them. So Dom dominate <laughs> um educate him on the ds lifestyle and i understand why he like you said he's wondering where you got that from and it's making him kind of reserved about it but my nigga it has been seven years bro when we broke up did you think i wouldn't experience life and sex without you in those seven years first of all he has to get his mind off of that because just like I'm pretty sure he was living his best sex life while you two were not together in that seven year span, you were as well. So he, it's all about ego with men. He got to put his dick aside. This ain't about you, bro. Like you don't need to worry about what I did in seven years to get to this point. All you need to worry about is the now. I am into it. I would like you to be into it. Can we try this? Let him give him some articles to read um, on DS. Um, if you two seem like you have a healthy sex life, watch some BDSM porn. Not necessarily the hardcore stuff. Like, I don't want you to show him, you know, a chick bent up in a pretzel with a dildo in her ass and a wand on her vagina sucking two niggas' dicks. Don't show him anything like that. That's wow. <laughs> That's wow. Um, but introduce him slowly into it and observe him see what he has a knack for see like watch what he likes about the lifestyle because it'll it'll eventually it'll reveal itself as you go further along you'll realize oh he likes when we do this 
he likes when we do that. Um, and that should, that should definitely tell you. Now, if you're going into this and he's just not receptive, then he might not be into it. And if that's the case, that's something you might have to figure out. Again, you're married. So as a couple, you're going to have to figure out how this is going to work for the two of you, whether it be BDSM twice a month, whether it be once a month, whether it be for an hour, like you're going to have to figure out how this lifestyle is going to fit into yours regard like versus you trying to fit it into your lifestyle. Like you have to revolve your lifestyle, like the BDSM has to revolve around your lifestyle, not the other way around. Like you have to fit it into your life and don't make it fit into your life. So I hope that helps. Um, sidebar, sis, with the friend and the sorry ass fuck nigga uh, ex-boyfriend. Sorry, I forgot your question about kinks and the foot fetish. I didn't experience foot fetish as much as I wanted to with my ex. Um, I don't really have a lot of advice on it. My main advice is to always keep your feet tip top get pedicures professionally done keep your polish like favorite colors pretty designs just keep your feet healthy keep your feet soft and keep your feet ready you stay ready so you don't have to get ready so if your feet are clean they're done they're nice you know no skin dead skin or anything baby soft and he ready to pop it in his mouth you're ready so i'm sorry i don't have any advice on that but if his feet just put them in his face girl Give him a foot job. Like, do it, girl. You can do it. Trust me. And it'll be so much fun. If he likes to suck toes, just, you know, tell him shut the fuck up and put your foot in his face. He might like it, okay? Okay. Now, jumping out of those two emails, because I completely forgot about your question. I'm so sorry. I'm going to jump into this email. I'm feeling some type of way, because you know I'm about to read your email, and you know who you are. It says, hey, auntie. Y'all, I'm an auntie. <laughs> I have officially reached auntie age. When did I get here? I remember having a cool ass 30-something aunties. And now I am one. Okay. <laughs> so it says, hey, auntie. So the last time I wrote in, it was about my ex-boyfriend. Now I've observed this about myself for the better part of a year now. And I don't know how to feel about it or where it started. So when I watch porn, I notice that I enjoy watching men, particularly white men, fuck fleshlights, pillows, the bed, whatever they can use, even random inanimate objects just to make themselves come. I watched a man fuck a hole in a wooden chair and he actually came. And she put actually in all caps. Girl, I'm going to beat you because I'm an auntie. I can do that. I'm going to beat you and not in the fun way. <laughs> and I came from that. Wow. I felt as though I enjoy hearing the desperation and seeing it in the way they move, how much they need to come from fucking nothing at all. But I don't want to be fucked. I'm just turned on by watching. Is that voyeurism or is it my dom side trying to fuck with me somehow? Thanks and love you. Name twin niece. Y'all got a whole niece out here. I'm so hyped. <laughs> Girl, if your hand was here, I would, I would pop your hand. Do you understand? pop <laughs> i actually think you're probably a voyeur um it can be a mixture of voyeurism and dominance because okay well my question for you would be do you just enjoy watching it or could you actually envision yourself 
telling them to fuck whatever they're fucking because if that's the case that is dominance but if you just enjoy watching and you get off and get pleasure from watching them come then you're a voyeur i am definitely a voyeur like i get off from watching women and men masturbate um Never got the chance to watch my ex masturbate. It was something I really wanted to do. But I love, 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 love watching people masturbate. And not necessarily telling them what to do or when to do it or how to do it. Just watching. But I'm not that much of a dominant. Um, a little bit. Not that much. Um, I would say it's voyeurism for now until you determine if you can imagine yourself telling an individual what to do and how to do it when they're masturbating. If that's the case, you're definitely a dom. <laughs> well, you're a switch. <laughs> All right. I love saying that. It's so fun. <laughs> so this email says, Hi there. I am very into BDSM slash the kink lifestyle. I am just now accepting the aspect of myself and I'm very grateful for this journey. I'm learning so much. I was actually involved with the Dom recently and he helped me so much with my growth in a very small amount of time, three weeks. Although we've been interacting for six months, he's very attentive and knowledgeable. I'm very sad to say that because of my life and job, I was feeling like I couldn't keep up with the task he was giving me. He said I was doing well and was willing to make adjustments for me but I didn't feel like I would be able to give it my all. I really miss his presence in my life. I'm a natural submissive and I really yearn for dominance in my life. I would like to know if I should wait to enter back into the scene or just go for it and do what I can. Okay, girl. Um, you had a dom who was willing to work with you. Now, a real dominant will understand at the end of the day, we are all adults consenting nonetheless but we are all adults and we all have lives outside of our sex lives and our lifestyle lives we have bills to pay and we have jobs to tend to and you know cars to maintain and food to cook but you get what i'm saying if he was willing to compromise with you i don't see why you should have ever stepped away like if he's telling you you're doing a good job he's willing to adjust your task because again BDSM doesn't, you don't revolve around BDSM. It has to revolve around your life. You have to put it into your life, not necessarily the other way around. So I don't understand why you would step away when he was willing to compromise with you. I, if you're still in contact and it's something you want to do and it's with the person that you like to do it with and vice versa, I would definitely try to go back into it with him and talk about the adjustments on your task your task will still be done they'll just be done a little bit more leniently it doesn't have to be a strict tell-all end-all like there you can it's like a snowflake no bds in relationship is alike you can do it however you want to and nobody can tell you otherwise you're being hard on yourself and i've been there before but a good dom will adjust to you you don't have to conform completely to a dom because they know a human being knows you're an adult and you have a life outside of BDSM. So talk to him about it and see if you can adjust some things to where it's, you know, up to both of you all's likings. Hope that helps. So as I, you know, stroll down 
when I stroll down memory lane. But yeah, I'm strolling down memory lane with that one. I've been there. So as I look through this good old iPad of mine, the next email is anonymous, of course. <laughs> I love your podcast. I think you're hilarious, very honest, and informative. Thank you. So I recently had sex for the first time in September of 2017. Whoa. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's really interesting in trying a bunch of new things. For ideas, I listen to this podcast, among others, and I watch porn. But I'm not exactly sure how to bring up to my boyfriend that I want to try different things, especially since I don't know exactly what I like. I don't want him to think I'm doing too much, especially since the only things he wants to try is anal. I want to be tied up, spanked, slapped around, just all around dominated. How do I casually bring this up? And she put laughing my ass off. For real, sis. <laughs> what are some things you can recommend to try when one is no longer trying to have vanilla sex? Okay. So, with this one, you have to be easy. Because it hasn't even been a full 24 months since you lost your virginity, sis. So, my advice to you with him is to, just like I told uh, ma'am with her husband, you have to ease someone into it you have to explain to them what you like what you think you would like and like you said you don't know exactly if you like it but you won't know until you try it so you can't fantasize about it you actually have to go through with it and try it to see if it's something you are into I would just talk to him I mean you know we do live in an age where people are more comfortable with having sex with each other than a conversation if this is your boyfriend and this is your first and you're having regular sex with him, then you should be able to openly have this conversation with him because if you're having sex, why can't you talk about it? Um, for starting out, start out light. Um, tell him to slap you. Like if you're having, you know, the vanilla sex, the Dolce sex, or, you know, the butter pecan sex, like I like to call them. Um, if you're having vanilla sex, tell him to slap you. I have no problem telling a man what to do to me while we're having sex I will tell them to choke me to slap me spit in my mouth like it just depends on what you're into too if you want to try it out tell them to tell them to slap you like most men can gauge it like they're in the moment as well he's not gonna like abusively slap you he's gonna give you a firm love tap and that'll confirm some things with you that'll confirm some things with him Hopefully, he's open enough to let you know that he is not comfortable with slapping you. And that's when you all can engage in conversation and try to figure out what works for your relationship. And if you can get past that, then try everything else, you know. I wouldn't start out with handcuffs, you know. Don't just jump out there and be like, yep, tie me up, bondage and rope. Try a necktie. Try something soft, ribbon, um a scarf anything light don't go full throttle you know hogtied as of yet just ease into it because you're still very very new to sex but you seem like you know what you want and that could freak him out a little bit because he's probably like well damn where did this come from but as an adult sir we have porn like it's everywhere and everybody has their thing with porn like i like girl on girl that's my favorite but talk to him about it um and just gauge it like that's the most that you can honestly do is gauge it to see if it's something that the two of you will actually like but everything that you're into 
bring it up, but keep it very vanilla-ish for the time being. Like I said, it doesn't have to be handcuffs or ropes. Don't make a trip to Home Depot just yet. Try something softer like a necktie or a scarf. Um, as far as anal, girl, you need to train your whole anal cavity for that because that is not something you can just go into willy-nilly and I personally would recommend training because when you do finally get ready to have that one moment where you're about to have anal sex for the first time it won't be bad at all because your body will physically be used to something going up there so definitely train I do have an episode on that as well (laughs) so if you want to take a listen please do and I promise you you will thank me later Um, so yeah, I think that's about it for that one. Open communication, people. It's very, very important. Okay, so I have, I think, one more email, maybe two more. Let me see. Uh, nope, I have one more email and I have more people. So if I ever do another email listener you know, pro (laughs) episode, I'll definitely keep all of my emails and use them for future reference. So thank you all again for doing that. So last email says, Hey Kiki, seen you on horrible decisions. And I have a question. Oh, Hey Wheezy. Hey Mandy. (laughs) I'm 30 years old and I'm very much into what most would call extreme sex, quote unquote. (laughs) Pretty much all you Wheezy, all you spoke about with Wheezy and Mandy. But I've been in a relationship with my fiance for 12 years and she doesn't do it for me sexually. But I crave what I crave and I don't want to cheat on her anymore. Hold on to that. You hold on to that. You, If you're listening, you hold on to that right there. I'm coming back to it. But when I did cheat, it was with the type of girl that would be into the things I, I enjoy. So with that being said, I tried substituting it with watching kinky porn. That helped with my desire, but it doesn't quite cut it. I'm getting to the point where I'm one foot in and one foot out. But I must add, I've spanked her twice before as well as tied her up. But that was over a year ago and that's about it. I would like to do way more, but I've tried to compromise by telling her to let me try something once a week and still nothing. Any advice? I don't know much about marriage or divorce, but for what I've been told from the people who are, incompatibility normally does it. That and finances are typically the triggers to lead to a couple separating, especially one that is engaged or one that is married or no, but okay. So... I hope you are not cheating on her still. So I hope that's out of your system. Um, Clearly, she's forgiven you. I don't know how many times it has been, but I hope that you're not cheating on her anymore. Um, Like I said earlier in one of the other emails, it's a compromise. If this is your partner in life, this person has to be willing to compromise with you. And I'm not sure how you are talking to her about it, but you need to be heard because she's listening 
but she may not necessarily be hearing you. And I don't know your story and I don't know your fiance, so I don't know your life. But if you voice this and it's not something that she's willing to even consider or address, that's a bigger problem because you all have been together a really, really long time. 12 years is a long time not to be willing to be sexually explorative with your significant other. Like at this point, you voiced your opinion and you've told her what you need sexually and she's not trying to adhere. It's something deeper there. Um, I would say talk to her, not just about the kinkiness and the sex, but I would talk to her about why she's not, if she's not comfortable, why she isn't comfortable and what would she be willing to try, if anything. Now, if she's dismissing the entire conversation, that's a completely different game. Like, that's a huge problem because... 12 years is that's a whole kid if not two or three so that's a long time that's a lifetime in these days <laughs> to be with someone um if she's not trying to compromise now what makes you think she's gonna compromise when she finally gets that marriage license I don't want to tell you to break up with anyone because 12 years is a lifetime to spend with someone. That's a lot of time invested and a lot of commitment on both of y'all's parts. But like I said, I don't know your history. You've cheated because you're not being sexually satisfied. It don't have shit to do with the kinkiness at this point. There's a deeper issue here. You're not satisfied in your relationship sexually. That's a problem. So either you're going to talk to her, be open about it, let her allow her to be open about how she feels about it as well. And I hope the two of you can meet a middle ground. But if you can't and you're telling her this is something you need sexually to be satisfied in that relationship and she's not trying to adhere to it. I'm sorry, it's 12 years, but she got to go. And I, I typically I'm so pro relationship well not right now but I'm so pro relationship I I want everyone to be happy but if you're not happy I don't think you should sacrifice that for the sake of what we've been together for 12 years so talk to her try to reach a common ground try to see if there are any changes if not just be straight up with like look I'm not getting my needs met and sexual needs are a very important need. If you're not being, your needs aren't being met mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and sexually, those five are very important in making a relationship work. And if one of them is lacking, something's going to happen. And clearly it already has because you've cheated on her with women who are satisfying you sexually. So it's a deeper problem there that's rooted in your relationship. I'm always going to advocate for counseling. If you think it's something you all can work through, if she's willing to compromise, work on it. If not, you know what you got to do. Hope that helps. All right, so yeah, y'all. Hey. <laughs> this episode is over. Whoop, whoop. Um, again, thank you all for emailing, for DMing, um, for the people I made send DMs via email because they were super long. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it so freaking much. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Kings with Kiki Podcast. I am back on Twitter, good people, and my page is open, Kings with Kiki. 
actually back on Tumblr. Mm. Just got back on today, folks. Kinks with Kiki on Tumblr. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, you can always email me or you can rate and subscribe. <laughs> um, and review, of course. But email me, kinkswithkiki at gmail.com. I really liked doing an email episode. I definitely want to do another one in the future. So putting it back out there, guys. Um, maybe within like the next three to five months, I would like to do another one. Um, and make it like a super long episode. Not too long, maybe like two hours. Because I typically don't go over an hour and a half. But I would love to do another one in the future. So if you have any, of course, DM me. If it's too long, email me. But I prefer you all email me your questions or your emails if you have anything you want me to read or give advice on. So appreciate it. So yeah, that's going to wrap up episode 38. (laughs) And as always, I am your dose of black girl in this kinky ass world. And until next time, peace.